Mine says, good morning, everyone. Everyone except Governor Andy Bashir, who can go kick rocks. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Rebuilding Podcast with Missy and Crimson. I am Missy Spears. I am a community activist and general pain in the ass that lives in Northern Kentucky. And I'm Crimson MacDonald. I also live in Northern Kentucky and I'm a political strategist and run the uh, Northern Kentucky Moms Demand Action chapter. And I also am the chair at the Campbell County Democrats, our local party up here. All right. And today we are here to talk about COVID in Kentucky. And we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. And that has been, um, and it's been an interesting year here with our rock star governor and, uh, and, and backwards legislators. Do I need to be liked? Absolutely not. I like to be liked. I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked. But it's not like this compulsive need to be liked, like my need to be praised. Yeah, it's kind of weird. We rarely as a state, so... In comparison, and I may have the numbers a little bit off, but like we're like ranked like the fifth unhealthiest state, but we have some of the lowest mortality rates and we've been beating COVID better than most states um, with red state houses. Um, but that might be because we have a Democratic governor that has dedicated his career to killing this shit so we can get back to life. Yeah, absolutely. We've been kind of lucky that we have a, a part-time legislation just because it gives Andy more power and he's kind of been able to guide us through this this last year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes this all so complicated. So for people outside of Kentucky or for people in Kentucky, you know that, um, you know, the whole country shut down in March. It wasn't like yeah. some, like, it wasn't like Andy was like shut down. Like that was a national decision that he bears consequence of still till this day, because really we haven't done a true lockdown like New Mexico has done more lockdowns. LA has done more lockdowns. We really only locked down a hundred percent for that first couple months when everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? And we have absolutely no PPE to keep our health providers safe. So Andy has really suffered from that. And interestingly, our legislator was in session when that happened because last session was not short. And yeah. so they did have the potential to write legislation to prevent those lockdowns had they seen them as detrimental when we had 17 cases. But now we're at like, you know, three to 4,000 cases, which is great. That's a decrease from where we were. Um, and But the legislator has decided that um, our governor is not Andy Bashir, but he is Adolf Bashir after four years of telling us not to compare Trump to Hitler, I'll just say. Yeah, it's really insane. Um, the fact that they're trying to, the fact that they're trying to limit his powers is not surprising. But given just what's going on in the state, I can't believe that they're trying to take on the responsibility of COVID right now. I have a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? Twelve percent. Twelve percent? Yeah, you know that's something that is so infuriating, and this goes to national politics, like. Hillary care was around when I was a teenager and they hated it, but they never came up with a plan. COVID is a problem. Now you, you can believe it's just the flu. You can believe normally if you don't believe in science, we call that failing, right? Like if you decide to go to chemistry and you tell your chemistry teacher, you don't believe in the periodic table, you fail that class. You don't pass and get like promoted through life. But people have decided that they're going to 
have their own science behind this. So let's say you don't believe in it. It still has claimed the life of over 4,000 Kentuckians, 400,000 Americans. It's hurt small businesses. It's hurt retail. It's hurt every single American in some capacity, no matter how much denial you may be in, is suffering from COVID. So two Kentucky legislators if Andy's proven plan, because he has brought our numbers down and contained it at multiple times, is not suitable and oversteps constitutional boundaries, give me a fucking plan. I swear I would cuss less, but give me a fucking plan. That's what we need. Yeah. A plan. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? That is very, very true. It's uh, what's well, it's typical of the Republicans, as you pointed out, is with healthcare. You know, they like to take things away, but they don't want to replace it with anything. Um, I like to say that their COVID, their COVID plan is about as effective as their birth control plans. Uh, we're not going to educate you on the subject. We're not going to give you any protection on the subject. Uh, we're not going to let you get health care or any any sort of help when, when the subject affects you. And then we don't want to take away any government aid for, for afterwards. But if it happens to us, we're going to leverage all of our resources to ensure we get the best <laughs> treatment and care, oh. and we survive this fucker. Oh, yeah. If it happens like, to any of them, they're going to Walter Reed for, like, a plasma transfusion. If Chris Christie survived this thing, like, anyone could survive. We don't have enough of the medicine. Let's be real. Like, I'm not trying to pick on someone, but he fits every demographic of someone that should have had a bad outcome. And because of his access to treatments like this infusion of plasma, whatever it is, um, he was able to survive this thing. So we do know that. And I think that's part of what people miss in this whole thing. Yes, we our lives have been impacted for a year. I haven't left my fucking house since March 14th. Like, I get clickless, but I've not walked in another building in a year almost. Wow. And I feel like that is, it, it, it sucks. But at the same time, I thought it would be longer. But also my head was no matter how long a vaccine takes or a full cure to this takes, we'll know more about how to treat it. Right. And we'll get more of the medicines to treat it. Cause it's not like even a vaccine is going to get rid of it, even though Australia and New Zealand did eradicate it, but Americans are too selfish to get rid of it. So we're going to live among it, but I would like to live among it where it like it impacts 0.01% of the population, like the flu. So as far as the backlash of, uh, of the impeachment hearings go, um, what's it been like on each side? I know the Democrats are making calls and trying to fight for it. Are the Republicans doing anything? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Andy's last time I checked, which was probably two or three weeks ago, Andy's approval rating was at 67%. And I would say in this divisive of an age and given like – Trump support here in the 2020 election that being able to have almost 70% support is exceptional. And so I do worry about Andy's long-term career because that I think he was doomed to begin with. Oh, absolutely. I hate yeah. That, but I mean, we don't have the legislator. And so he was climbing an uphill battle and COVID kind of brought the enemy that they needed because 
as we've said in other podcasts, Andy is what you get. Like he's a little, I mean, he's Andy Griffith. He's like, (laughs) he's a child of God. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's a great human being and he's a really hard person to make a villain. Fix your shirt sleeves, Andy. You're not a pirate. Gotta keep it tight. At least they're watching. And he's had the stage every day for four to five days a week talking about COVID. And we've all kind of grown to love him. I have a fucking bobblehead of him. Like, I mean, like he's become kind of like a Kentucky icon. He has. He is the Mr. Rogers of Kentucky right now. He is. He's become a superstar. And it's genuine. And he doesn't want the stardom. He's like one of the few politicians, I'm sure you would agree, that has like no ego in this game whatsoever. I mean, if there's any ego, it's like to make his dad proud. I want to thank my mom and dad, Jane and Steve Bashir. Absolutely. And I just I just want to touch on these daily updates that we get. We are very lucky that we get them. Yes. You know, Kentucky's one of the few states, you know, that we get a daily briefing from our governor and he is just so authentic and empathetic and sweet when he does it that all of us know Everyone on his team, we know Virginia, the sign language interpreter, and James and Kenneth, and and Doctor Stack is the only one that we oh. you know, use titles with. Um. So I have a, a my housewife thread I've told you about before the the real housewives of Fort Thomas. Although I don't think any of us are housewives. Um, we one of them created like a song going off of bringing sexy back but it's called sexy stacks like i mean he he too has become like a cultural icon for many of us um and all of them you know every person that has been involved you know virginia got uh was it uterine cancer yeah um they've all been through a lot and they feel like part of the family like if you watch these daily briefings they feel like they're one of us because they're with us for an hour every day and they've all been so vulnerable. It just goes back to what we've discussed, which is this new form of leadership of transparency and vulnerability and authenticity. And another thing we got to give credit to is the, the racial aspect to this. He reports on all of those things, yes. like how it disproportionately affects people of color and why that is and bringing in people to discuss how we mitigate those realities instead of just turning a blind eye to the inequities that we're facing. I love that. That's something we touched on in our first episode uh, when we discussed, you know, how, how elected officials can, can be leaders on race without just doing performative things. And it's just speaking on it in a way that makes it important daily. Yeah, no, it really does. And, and that's why it's just so unfortunate. We have a time as a state or commonwealth, I should say, to really come together, fight COVID and be national leaders in this. I mean, we're ranked number ninth right now on the vaccine rollout. We're overachieving by Kentucky standards significantly. Like, Andy Oh my God, being out map. of the bottom five of anything is overachieving by Kentucky standards. We are <laughs> killing it right now. Or I guess not yeah. killing it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're doing better than expected. And that's purely Andy and his team that have gotten us there and their data driven approach. And that's why. So for those that aren't aware about the impeachment hearings, basically, there is a constitutional law in Kentucky that says that if you put a petition for impeachment for a constitutional officer that 
there must be a hearing. It happens all the time, right? So like Missy gets elected. I'm like, Missy's a bitch. I don't want her to be elected. I'm going to write a petition to get Missy impeached. I write the petition. Somebody's like, God, Crimson's a stupid bitch. Like throw this through some committee. They pass it to some committee. People sign off that this is bullshit and it moves on. I mean, it happens all the time. It's just like one of those old laws, like how you used to not be able to eat ice cream in Lexington because the police horses would follow you or something. I don't even remember. Like horses would follow you home and you would steal horses. It's just like an antiquated, weird old law. So the law is real. But the guy that hung the fucking effigy of our governor put a petition together and got other people to sign to have an impeachment of the governor, which the Senate has the Senate Republican Senate majority has decided warrants a hearing. So they have gathered, I think six people, three Democrats, three Republicans to have this impeachment hearing. Now my gut tells me it's not going to go anywhere. I just, I don't foresee this like change anything, but what kind of precedent are these people setting? Absolutely. I mean, that is the so, wrong guy's petition to choose. I'm well, sure they could have gotten a hundred of them. Well, and think about it this way: people like Go- uh, Representative Goforth got reelected after strangling his wife with the Ethernet cable. We yeah. have Savannah Maddox taking pictures with insurrectionists. We have, I mean, there's so many people that have legitimate reason to be impeached. But are not because we don't usually just say, oh, well, that Crimson Girl in Northern Kentucky hates your ass. So we're going to have a whole hearing and pay people to sit and talk about how this is completely absurd. Well, Republicans don't play by the same rules that everyone else does. They live in uh, in crazy la la land. And while they complain that everyone else are snowflakes and just like do whatever the fuck they want. I think for me, the thing that shows the biggest, uh, maybe like one of the biggest examples of how partisan this issue is, is Andy Bashir um, was named by the National Governors Association uh, as the leader of a bipartisan task force to guide states in their economic recovery and revitalization plans. Uh, and then we're impeaching him. So like he is so yeah. great on his, on his like, you know, leadership through this fucking national issue that he's getting these accolades. Uh, and we want to get oh, rid of them. Shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. No, and that's a great point. And I'm going to, I have this for later in our outline, but I'm going to call it out now. So if you're in Kentucky, please listen to this point, And this is very important. So Andy came out with a budget that is, is fiscally conservative. It is extremely conservative. But he meets the values of the Democratic Party, which is why people are pissed, which is how do we help middle class families recover from this tragedy? How do we help small business owners? How do we help nonprofits get back up and going? How do we help the arts? He has a holistic view of how we're going to economically recover. And it's part of the budget that he's trying to pass. And Republicans, who are always the first to say, oh, these shutdowns, these regulations are hurting small businesses. I mean, it came out today, the Wall Street Journal, or I'm sorry, the Washington Post put out an article today. I should post it to our Facebook page explaining how if you look at economic trends uh, before the shutdowns in March, we already saw the almost the same decline that we saw after the official shutdowns because people don't want to get fucking COVID. Yeah. Like, 
it's not that I hate your restaurant. It's that I don't want to fucking get COVID. So the economic impact is so beyond any government regulation. It's human behavior has changed mm-hmm. because it's among us. And so we have a governor that comes out with this plan, like let's give over $200 million to small businesses. So when this is over, they can bounce back and we can get our economy back up and going. And the Republicans are like, nah, we need to save that for a rainy day. I mean, it's not fucking sunny here. Is it sunny there, Missy? (laughs) We heard a fucking hurricane. (laughs) I mean, months. I mean, what? I I don't even know if there's a weather event. It's like it's a wave of like the fucking world. It's like what took out the dinosaurs level shit. And this doesn't even really raid the rainy day fund. They would just want to pad it more. Like it's 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 absolutely absurd. So if you're listening, call your legislator and call all the legislators and calling legislative line, I highly encourage it. All you do is Google Kentucky legislative line and you get the number immediately. And the people are so freaking adorable and sweet. So never be intimidated. You don't have to know what you're talking about. Just say and call and say, pass the budget as is, and it's that simple. Um, so we need to support Andy Bashir because we need that budget passed because we need the relief that comes from it for our small businesses that have been. I mean, Missy, you are part of a small business. I mean, how's it been? I, I help run a, uh, a small business up in, uh, Covington, Kentucky. Um, and we are like a breakfast spot and it's been hard. Um, you know, we did like a giant fundraiser back in 2019 to, uh, to remodel and open on the inside. Previously, we were just like a walk-up window. Uh, we opened for two weeks and then COVID hit and we had to go back to the window. You know, we were extremely fortunate that we were kind of set up already to revert back to that pickup format. So we weren't, we didn't have to like, you know, lay anyone off or cut anyone's hours all year. Um, but when it got cold, like we definitely noticed a drop in our sales just because we couldn't have people come inside. Well, I mean, and, and that's part of it's it's really hard to say this because I feel like we're a year in. So I feel very differently than I did in March for small businesses. And and we're a family of small business owners, but thank God, you know, <laughs> Taylor's involved with the digital advertising agency, which completely changes the game in terms of risk and the financial impact. But I you have to when this was coming, I'm assuming you guys kind of prepared for the worst case scenarios of the what do they call it the hammer and dance that a pandemic creates like oh absolutely really like you can bring in some money but then you're locked down again and then you bring in some money then you lock down i just feel like there's so many companies that have just put their head in the sand on this and missed many months of opportunity yeah to to, to not necessarily i don't want to say thrive because nobody's thriving in a pandemic but to survive the pandemic with less pain, I guess. Is the I, I don't understand the way that half of the small business owners in my city, at least, are operating right now. Uh, now, granted, the the business that, that I work for uh, and help manage, uh, we went completely balls to the wall with our COVID response. Uh, we shut down all in-person ordering. You had to pre-order. You had to order over the phone or online. That way we weren't exchanging cash or credit cards uh, in person. Um, and, and the thing that, you know, kind of baffles me is like when I go to other businesses and I walk in, the staff isn't necessarily always wearing their masks. A lot of times they pull them up when you walk in. 
um, or they're not real strict with people walking around their store with the mask down. We feel like we have a responsibility to our community to keep people safe. Also, it's expensive to shut the fuck down. You know, if one of our employees gets it and we have to close down for three or five days to test everyone, um, that's thousands of dollars that we're losing in revenue. So even right. if I fucking hate Bashir and I hate the, the mandates that he's putting in place, like I'm going to enforce that fucking mask usage as much as I can just so I don't have to shut down and lose food inventory. Well, I mean, I think that's what's been so fascinating because I'm not in the food industry. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not... Um, I'm a hypochondriac. And when I say that, I don't say that lightly. Like I spent many years in therapy dealing with it and I have a psychiatrist for it. So it's a legit, legitimate problem in my life. And, um, I took it very seriously when it came, but that's people I think sometimes are misguided in my paranoia about it. When I say we need to shut down and do certain things, and I'm not saying that we necessarily need to do that now, but, I do believe in the controlled hammer and dance theory because having too sick of a population, for example, my click list last Friday, I may be wrong on the date, got canceled because too many people at Kroger had COVID to fulfill my order and they had to wait for the next shift to come in. Like once your population is too sick to do work, then you have a bigger long-term economic fallout, right? Like. If, if you just say, okay, we're going to shut down six weeks, nobody leave their house, all of you are equalized, right? So your your bagel shop is impacted just as much as the one across the river, just as much as the one a mile south, you know, like you are all in it together. So it's not like one person's benefiting while others are losing. So there's an equability, equitability about that. But the other thing is that to your point, if you have stocked for food for the week and someone gets COVID and you had to shut down, you've lost revenue. And now you're on the list of businesses that have had COVID. And I'm assuming this, but you care about the people you that work with you and you don't want them to get sick. And oh, absolutely. You worry about yeah. That were exposed and all of that like plays into our mental health. And because everyone likes to talk about the isolation mental health, but there's, mental health complications when you get it and you're isolated and the asymptomatic that are isolated versus the symptomatic and the people that never get over. I mean, there's just so much to it. It never made sense to me. Like, and maybe this is why I'm a Democrat because I'm like, no, the government comes in and says, okay, it's safe. Go have fun. And then they come back and they're like, no, 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 it's not safe anymore. Go home and chill for a while. And we didn't see that happen. And it impacted small businesses. Unlike anything, it impacted large businesses in a good way. In a lot of ways. I mean, Kroger, Clicklist, Amazon, all these services I personally have been dependent on because I'm not willing to risk my life. And so I'm like the kindest, like Clicklist picker upper that there is. Cause I'm just like, I would die if I had to walk in the grocery store right now. I could not do it. Um, And so there's a level of gratitude to it. But I also feel like by me being paranoid about it, it eliminates the number of people out in the world, which eliminates the ability for this fucker to get host and to grow and to continue to spread. Like I just. So I yes, from an economic standpoint, if people are economically fiscal conservatives, then they should consider the fact that a controlled closure with support from the state or federal government is always going to be better than a closure because you're too sick to work. That 
is unpredictable and not something you can put in a math equation and figure out how long it takes you to recover from. Yeah, all, all of that is very true. And, uh, you know, something I've actually not really thought about until now is, uh, you know, I, I really haven't gone out that much either, but I don't have a problem going to, I, I live in Covington. It's very walkable where I live. I'm in the downtown area. Um, and a lot of my friends own businesses around here. So I am aware of who has a little bit more strict COVID policies than other people. Um, in a lot of places when the weather's nice, I do feel comfortable going there and sitting outside and ordering something. Um, but I only feel that way because Andy's our governor and I know the restrictions right. that he's put in place. If Matt Bemin was our governor and it was just a fucking free for all, I would probably be locked in my house just like you for the last year. Um, Andy's the reason I spend money locally. That's a really good point because those kind of reassurances and enforcement of them does make it safer to go out. I mean, I know people that have been exposed and not got it because of masks and other requirements that were put in place. And I hate to tell you, Missy, though, if Bevan were governor, we would have already <laughs> reached herd immunity because we would have had a COVID party. It would have been oh like I would they be dead. all of Frankfurt into like a tent and like mandated you go and like inject you with COVID. And then like we see who lives the longest. Well, like, once really all of the kids get it, that's like half the state. That's true. <laughs> they probably already all have had it. But I don't know his his mistress kid though that lives somewhere else is probably <laughs> We're not safe. allowed to talk about that one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We're not allowed to talk about that. That's not true, people. Matt Bevan does not have a mistress baby. Yeah, if you um, want to hear more about this, you have to join the Patreon that we have yet to create. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Andy, I mean, he, he's been a god through this. And I really feel like it's been the platforms that allow the Savannah Maddoxes to have a voice. It's been yeah. um, the media on the right that has spread so much misinformation. I mean, it's amazing. I hang out. I mean, I am not ashamed of this. I hang out with all liberals and Democrats. I don't have many Republican friends. It's not that I don't like them. It's that I always thought they were racist and bigots and they've kind of proven themselves out to be exactly what I thought they were. But no, I mean, so I am around a lot of liberals, but I haven't seen uh, as much of a political divide as you would think. I know a lot of liberals uh, have been behaving very irresponsibly through this pandemic. It's been more, what I've seen is more privilege versus non-privilege. And I see it within my own home. Yeah, I'm a hypochondriac, but another reason we're locked down is my husband, if he got this brain fog phenomenon that COVID gives for three to six weeks, our business would go under. Like we don't have the padding and luxury to be sick right now. And I think that that's another thing just lost through this all is that it's not fun being sick. And yeah. you can't do what you need to do and you can lose so much by getting it. Um, and so, yeah, I wish his business would have been in Kentucky, but at the same time, since it's virtual, he's been able to work from home. Um, but it's been a privilege to be home. And I worry about people out like you, cause I feel like it's getting everyone I know. Um, and it sucks because it's just out of control here in Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely scary. You know, I work with a lot of, uh, you know, at risk people. Um, I'm at risk myself. I have lung issues. You just got to take care of each other. And I wish I hope other business owners think about their staff and, you know, like their 90 year old mothers that they go home to take care of and their spouses who have type one diabetes and stuff and just 
and hope they think about their like fucking food product that's going to be thrown away if they shut down for five days and i just right. hope we all just take care of each other for i don't know ethical and fiscally conservative reasons and for anyone out there getting tired i'm tired too but we're almost there like don't yeah, it sucks for everyone. So, don't be a snowflake Right. And, you know, it was what some astronaut, and I'm not going to get his name right, so I'm not going to try, but he's not dead yet. So Google which one's not dead that, like, went to the moon. Um, He said something I thought was really interesting, which was you never count up. You only count down. And so when this started, it was funny because here in our little office, my husband started, like, a tally sheet. It was like a prison wall. And it was, like, how many days he had been working from the basement and um, he stopped it like on day 60 or something. But um, then I heard this podcast with this astronaut that was like, look, part of being in isolation is I would only count down. So once I knew when I was going to be landing, then I would start counting because that gave me that last boost I needed to get through that final part of isolation. And that's where we're at. Like we you know, I don't know if it's going to be August or June or May or March. I have no idea, but I think it's going to be by October, November. Like, I, I think we're going to have Halloween. I think we're going to have Thanksgiving. I think we're going to have Christmas. I think my kids are going to go back to school. Like, I, I have hope that all of that God, can happen. So. I'm so scared and of so another I, variant. I, I don't. We can't go there. We can't go there. I'm sorry. There. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> hypochondriac. Hypochondriac. Um. But we, we have to have hope that we can we can do this. And if people are scared of the other variant, stay home and be safe, wear a mask, because it only mutates when it has hosts to mutate from. But anyhow, I have hope that things can change. Um, that's why I think like this impeachment, I think they're overplaying their hand. I don't think they realize that people kind of want to live. Yeah. They, they, they kind of want to beat this thing. I don't understand the motivation to take over responsibility for this because the reality of the situation is that it sucks on both sides. You're choosing between uh, letting business owners, you know, try to fight to make a living, which is going to put people's lives at risk and possibly, you know, overfill hospitals, or you're going to, you know, try to save lives and fuck over business owners. It's, it's not like you're choosing what's the best option. You're just choosing who, who is, who is more expendable in like the kindest way possible. And the thing that I love about Andy is even if you don't agree with him, like he takes that decision seriously. He knows that he's fucking over someone and you can tell that he, he takes out the bed with him. He thinks about the business owners and the Republicans just act like it's not a choice. Like no one's getting fucked over if you open businesses. Yeah. They don't understand that there's just natural human behavior that hurts businesses. And maybe what it is, is if you're a right wing restaurant, like, Let's say that one chick, I shouldn't say chick, that's so rude. That one woman who is a congresswoman, a congresswoman who ran a bar called Shooters and some shit. Um, <laughs> you know, like she probably draws a demographic that doesn't want to wear a mask, that doesn't find this to be mm-hmm. a risk because it was politicized because of our media structure and because of our right. Throw your mask laws. away and tell Dr. Fauci to take a leap. Um, so they probably don't have as much pressure to like do it the the right way and to to care <laughs> about their people. Um, but I still feel like that's the exception versus the rule. I mean, even when we had a new mandate put in place, when we started seeing exponential growth again, 
um, the, the one or two places that stayed open, I mean, they were criminally prosecuted after the fact. So, um, I feel like a majority of people aren't really going places. And if they are, they probably are the wax that don't want the mask, which kind of makes it even scarier to go out. If you're a normal person that believes it and wants to be safe about it, because you're probably there with the majority of people that don't feel that way. Yeah, I just don't understand. Even if you're a crazy person uh, who wants to have your business completely open and have people come in, just fucking enforce the mask thing to help keep the numbers low so those things can happen. Exactly. It's like all their but actions it, go against what they want. Well, it's just, and it's two realities, and that's that's disturbing. And that's going to be, I think, a common theme. That's a as norm with Republicans right now. <laughs> Uh, it's all the misinformation uh yeah they live in their own reality their own reality like you said the media is insane the media has completely made this a partisan issue uh our federal elected officials have been even have been so disappointing with this even the middle of the road republicans won't take a stand but what's crazy is mitch mcconnell's like the only republican that like believes when did he become like i don't like I, I don't want to call him decent, but like, I feel like maybe he he's human. Yeah. I don't even know if he's human. I think that he's realistic and that he knows that not believing is going to fuck up our economy more than. Oh, I, I like money. Yeah. It goes back to money. It's like I said last time. Yeah. It's not, it's not that he's worried about it. It's he needs us alive to raise. I can't believe you like money too. Well, I mean, so to wrap this up, basically, COVID sucks ass. It's kind of ruined a lot of people's lives. It's taken a third of my daughter's life and a seventh of my son's life away. And one forty first of mine. Yeah, no my my last social gathering was for my husband's fortieth birthday on like February twenty eighth or something. And that was the last time we saw our friends and it's about to be his 41st birthday and I'm about to turn a year older too. And so both of Man. us lost like genuinely, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. by my birthday I was starting to do the stockpiling thing. Like I had my toilet paper and hand sanitizer and I had my masks ordered. Like I knew it was coming and I remember being really scared if you recall. So Northern Kentucky has, um, Kenton County um, Democrats, Campbell County Democrats, Boone County and Grant County Democrats get together and have an awards dinner. And that was like February 29th or something like that. And I remember being super scared at that because I thought that would be a super spreader event. Um, But we didn't have a lot of cases then. Although my vice chair on the committee thinks he got it. He said that after that event, he got sicker than he's ever been in his entire life and he's 70 we have a lot of recovery to do but we first got to get these vaccines in people's arms it's great we have educators almost done we're about to move into our next phase we're two weeks ahead we have a president finally that gets it and wants to end this nightmare for us i saw some notification that he's trying to get like another 200 million vaccines to ensure everyone's going to get vaccinated in the country before the end of summer, which means school will be back. Um, I know there's been some things about the vaccine killing people. I don't think that that's really going to prove out to be true, but I may be wrong. It seems pretty safe so far. I know people myself that are fully vaccinated. Do you know anyone yet? 
That's uh, a few people on Facebook I've seen get the second shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I know if I everyone I know are ER people. Like yeah, all healthcare workers so far. Yeah, um, yeah. and then I think uh, my son's school they'll all be vaccinated by February eighth. I think I heard today. Nice. Oh, their second dose, so they'll be fully vaccinated by early February, um, which is great because we have a lot of cases in our school right now and it scares the shit out of me for the people I love that go there. Absolutely. Um, and if you're a current or former smoker, you can sign up to get vaccinated starting January 28th. Wait, it can be a, a past smoker? Yeah. Oh. Well, in college, I mean, when I got drunk, a cigarette was good once in a while. Hey, whatever doesn't kick you off that life insurance plan. No, I mean, I was honest with the life insurance plan. I told them, I mean, I was known to have a cigarette when I was plastered, I think, <laughs> I mean, from what I recall. I know I tried it after having my kid the first time I got drunk. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. How do people do this? Um, but at some point in my life, it wasn't. So that's good to know. Thanks, Missy. Absolutely. So you just opened up one seat to a bunch of Kentuckians. Oh, yeah. I think we're at like one of only two states that's uh, prioritizing smokers and former smokers in the vaccine rollout. Oh, my God. What is this? Yeah, I'm smoking. I'm smoking. I'm smoking. Oh, I can't believe you. You've been so good for three years. And this is my reward. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of have to because we ranked one of the highest in lung cancer and smokers, right? Yeah, I, I will admit that there is a part of me that is angry about it because even though I am a former smoker, um, I don't believe that my own poor choices should put me ahead of someone else in terms of getting the vaccine. Um, but Andy is authentic and he cares and he says if these people are more at risk, give them the vaccine first. You know, it's it's weird when you have a governor that you can trust, isn't it? Because like I have moments like that, too, where I'm like, no, my mom needs to be vaccinated now and I shouldn't be competing against smokers and obesity. Those are chosen things. Da, 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 da. You know, you, you can get in that mode. And then I'm like, no, he's trying to make it equitable, fair, organized, like planned out, methodical. And that's yeah. why I can trust him. So stop bitching and just wait my line self, you know, wait for my my turn. Yeah, every now and then I have to do like a reality check on myself. I'm like, am I really upset? Or am I just one of those people who don't want free health care for other people because I've already paid off my student debt? <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, even though we're, we're liberals and progressives, you know, we can still be selfish and have those thoughts and you just got to check yourself on them. No, it's true. I mean, you can't help but have those thoughts. We're all selfishly motivated in some capacity in some ways in our life. And when it comes to life and death, I mean, that's just survival instinct, right? Oh, like, absolutely. I want that shit in my arm, so I am not going to die. Oh, like, my God. COVID has taken a year of promiscuity from me, and I want it back. <laughs> you deserve it, Missy. It's been a long year. Like, oh my god! I'm, lucky. I'm I'm not. I mean, and and that's another part about COVID is just the inequity of how not inequity. Maybe it's the equity in how we've all suffered. Just inequity in how we've suffered. Like your problem is you're alone. My problem is I don't know how to get alone. And <laughs> you know, like I'm running away from kids. You're like, puppy, come cuddle me. I haven't been cuddled. 
Like you're teaching him how to be the inner spoon or outer spoon. I don't know how you like it, but um, oh, I'm the outer and, spoon. He's the inner spoon. Okay. Or like just yeah. say little spoon. I'm the big spoon. You're you're the big spoon. Yeah. So we have four spoons. So our bed is like always full. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, it takes yeah, us back to our birth control up. conversation. <laughs> Oh, this this factory shut down. I cannot think of anything worse than being pregnant in COVID or just having another kid. Oh my god! I no, 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 ain't gonna happen from here. Um, thank God. But uh, yeah, so everyone's suffering in their own way. Whether it's like they can't go see their mother in a nursing home, or they yeah are alone, or they can't get away from their three year old, or they get screamed at by their three year old all day, or their three year old won't sleep, or these are starting to sound kind of personal, but you know they come from <laughs> no, I I definitely <laughs> my grandmother passed away this summer, and I did not attend her funeral or the like memorial service at the church for her, and it's just like you know you miss out on big moments because because of this no i'm i'm it's it's interesting you said that because taylor lost his grandmother at the beginning of january and that was extremely like we're very grateful she passed she was 97 maybe and she was ready to go um but he he did the same as you and chose that it was safer for our family to not go to the funeral and it's been really difficult because it's not his mom and you know, they have the right to do what they want to do, but it kind of robbed us of the opportunity to mourn that and pay our respects and to do it safely. And then it makes us feel like outcasts because we didn't do it. And so it, it just, it put us in a really awful situation. Um, and it wasn't any one person. It was fucking COVID, which yeah. goes back to COVID sucks. Um, but everyone has just suffered so much under this. We just really need to get out of it because, you know, going back to politics of Kentucky, Andy really had some bold ambitions and we see it in his budget and we see it in other things. Like look at our Republican or democratic legislators. They're coming out with bills to support mental health and to make voting easier and to do all of these really important things. And all of it's getting lost by an obstructionist Republican party and by COVID draining all of the political equity that the Democrats have, and it shouldn't be a Democrat-Republican issue. It should be a Commonwealth issue. It should be a, a United States issue. And it just, it's all, it's all fucked. It just really yeah. all sucks. And there's no way around it. But um, I hope everyone out there is trying to stay safe. And we hope that you listen to us while you're bored at home. Um, and then once you're working, you can listen to us on your drive to work because you'll do that again. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and for those of you that are activist minded or care, please don't hesitate to call your legislator and talk yes. to them about this. This is a short session. We only have a couple weeks left. Um, and the more calls they get, the more impressionable it is. And so, especially if you have a Republican legislator, reach out to them. They need to hear from you. Yes. And, and we have some new ones that are more open to hearing from you that aren't as stuck in their old ways. And when they see 500 green slips, they, they care. So please, people, use your voice. This, 
we should not need a governor to save us from ourselves. We, we should be united in this effort. And so we should all be doing what we can to protect our governor and keep him from being impeached. And we should be doing what we can to help get this budget passed. So that way, small business owners, like those that Missy's talked about that I've talked about can survive this pandemic. And when we do get our lives back, we don't lose the culture and the things that really make our community great because the worst thing that could happen is to come out of COVID without our restaurant scene, without our yeah. art scene, without the incredible things that enhance our lives daily. Cause that's what it comes down to is we've had to let go of the things that enhance our life and get back to the simple things that make our life. Um, in fact, um, I will share a, a quote from a movie, Soul. If you have not watched it, you have to watch it. It's Pixar's new movie. But there's a scene where this woman explains uh, a fish is swimming through the ocean. He runs into another fish and he says, hey, I'm looking for the ocean. And the other fish goes, dude, you're in the ocean. And he goes, no, I'm just in water. And I thought it was so representative of kind of how life is. Like, um, appreciate what you have. And I feel like COVID has forced that upon me of bringing it back to the simplicity. Like it's no longer the escape to target of spending money or the vacations or the going out to eat and cocktail hours. Cause at the end of the day, those are things many of my friends with less privilege couldn't do pre COVID. And so I feel like what I've had to give up is the bait are the basic things that many people don't get because they don't have the privilege I have. And so it's put my privilege in check and hopefully it's done that for others. And for those less fortunate than me know that I've been in the background fighting to make it safer for you and doing everything I can. And I will continue to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and everyone just keep small businesses and, and your community in your mind, wear your mask, shop local, Try to pick up. Don't use DoorDash if you don't have to. Because what? What? Tell me. Is it, yeah, they're expensive. I don't use DoorDash. Well, sometimes they. So they've gone back and forth on this. But when you order from DoorDash through for like small restaurants, uh, they they used to take thirty percent of the cost of the food away from the small restaurant in addition to what you pay oh. DoorDash. Um, oh, now they have cut down on some of those fees because of COVID because it became right. so overwhelming. Um, but yeah, like that's like why we're not on DoorDash and yeah, they're just, they're horrible. Oh. Is Uber Eats and all of them just as evil? Yeah. Like they all do that. That that's like their business model. You know, like they charge you a service fee, but they get a percentage of the, of the meal cost from the restaurant. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Now they've done like specials, like for like two months during lockdown. They were like, "We're not charging restaurants fees." Um, That's good. But I never really know when they go back and forth on that. Right, right. And you can't rely on it as a business. Yeah. It goes back to like planning for a pandemic. You can't rely on a free service that they can take at any moment. Absolutely. Now DoorDash is better than not ordering from the restaurant. But if you guys can pick it up, do so, and the restaurant will keep a hundred percent of its money. Yeah. Well, and I think we've seen some restaurants pivot to that too, where they have a couple of delivery drivers that were servers. Oh um, yeah, so absolutely. Offer that service. And I mean, we've seen Frida's has a pickup window now too. That was like my favorite place. Yes. Yeah. Now they have a pickup window. So we've seen a lot of innovation and we should see in a pandemic. Yeah. I've loved the return of the pickup windows. Yes. They're awesome. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, and yeah. stay tuned. We'll have another episode for you next week. And just uh, drop and- us a line. Let us know what you guys want to hear. Yeah, and hey, guys, rate and review us so that way people can find us. We're new. (laughs) And without ratings and reviews, we stay new. Um, But we know you're listening. I'm stalking you. The data nerd is stalking you. So um, rate and review us and let us know what you think. And always feel free to follow us on social media and tell us some of the topics that you have questions about or some of the things you want to hear us chat about. But in the meantime, mask up and be safe, folks. It's scary out there. Yeah, we love you guys. Smash that like button. Smash it. (laughs) Peace out. Bye.